0: Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Angular story. This This week, we're talking to Dohan Ulaka. Uh, Hi,
1: Charles. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty
1: good. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So uh, do you want to just remind everybody who you are really quickly? I'm assuming they heard you on Adventures in Angular.
1: All right. So I'm an IT consultant uh, based out of Washington, D.C. I work for this company called Excella Consulting, and I'm a software development expert and agile and cloud engineer uh, for the company.
0: Nice. And your episode was episode 181. You came and talked to us about doing more with less and router first architecture.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah more with less was was a talk i gave at ngconf last year uh-huh. really encouraging people to reduce their tool sets and focus on what they have and extract uh, you know more out of what they are already using and the, and the router first architecture is a central topic of my upcoming book angular 6 for enterprise ready web applications from packed publishing and that just tries to lay out a path uh, for uh, developers to kind of uh, think big picture first right. uh, and, and, and create all the uh, walking skeleton out of their application and then execute it uh, with that knowledge of you know the integration part of it is already mm-hmm. done you know we just need to go ahead and, and execute the development
0: very cool well we'll have to have you back on when your book comes out all right well let's dive into your story this is kind of a focus on you and who you are and where you come from and an opportunity for our listeners to get a feel for yeah basically your journey into code and into angular so let's start at the very beginning um, how did you get into programming
1: so i'm originally from turkey and i went to this boarding school from uh, middle through high school for mm-hmm. seven years and and there you know we had a computer lab uh, i remember having uh, these 386 four eighty six uh, machines and you know they had you know, SimCity Sim 1 and, you know, SimCity 2000 on them. So I was really enamored by, uh, by all of that. And then one day just talking to a friend, you know, told me about coding and how you kind of just write words and, uh, and the games happen and, and that That's kind nice. of blew my mind. <laughs> so really in middle school, I got into programming with uh, Quick Basic and uh you know started doing some really basic stuff and learned kind of how to do these like expanding circles like as if they were fireworks uh and then i didn't know how uh, for loops or while loops worked
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so i remember copying and pasting this thing like 20 times uh, so you know you, you could see uh these uh, kind of fireworks going off on the screen uh, like 20 times nice um, And then uh, later in high school, I got into uh, C++. uh, And then, you know, from there, uh, I went to Virginia Tech uh, for computer science. And that was Mm -hmm. like C++, C, and then eventually C Sharp uh, is when I uh, got into my professional career.
0: Very cool. So you you graduated and then started doing C Sharp?
1: Yeah, uh, I actually started uh, working on... Windows mobile devices mm. and these are not like the Windows phones uh that you may remember this is like pre iPhone embedded industrial systems with the mm. .net compact framework uh so like very limited amounts of memory and it was uh for these industrial systems where you know they would go around in refineries you know take measurements and and, and record the results uh, so there were lots of interesting challenges of uh, you know, collecting all this data and then, you know, syncing that up to a server later on. And then, you know, I wrote some low-level uh, Bluetooth at barcode reading code, which was a really fun time to be programming, I guess.
0: Very cool. I've done a little bit of embedded stuff, mostly when I was in college. And some of that stuff is really hard to reason about.
1: Yeah, it really comes down to reading the documentation uh-huh. And really uh, absorbing it. And in my, in my case, we were supporting multiple devices and each of them uh, had you know, various APIs to interface uh, with their you know, really low-level uh, Bluetooth libraries. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this abstraction layer because it was really painful to write the piece of code uh, that interacted between the, the C++ native DLL and, and the .NET managed code. Right. so I really wanted to just do that once uh, so I, I you know invented this interface uh, and then kind of you know create created these adapters for the various Bluetooth libraries and it was it was really fun. I, I remember the first time I, I got a uh, it was like an infrared th- uh, thermometer uh, where you could you know point point at a tank or something like that and uh-huh. you know read, read the measurements and then transfer that over Bluetooth uh, into the mobile app. Uh, when I got that uh, first running, I I remember actually just uh, you know <laughs> jumping out of my uh, <laughs> nice. desk and doing like a victory lap. Uh, you know, I was I was in us uh, in our satellite office uh, that was in Blacksburg, Virginia, where Virginia Tech is located. Mm-hmm. So uh, that day there was no one there in the office. So you know. It, it wasn't weird, but I guess this is the first first time that, that the world knows that I, I did a victory lap when uh, no, no one was around.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> so, so how do you go from writing embedded systems and C Sharp to doing web development with Angular?
1: So the company I was uh, working for, Meridium, uh, they actually... A few years ago they got bought up by uh, GE Digital they write this software to do asset performance management for industrial systems okay and uh, the software itself is pretty huge uh, and the team there you know invented this you know entity framework before Microsoft's entity framework was a thing uh, you know lots of innovative stuff and and these refineries or factories are all over the world you uh-huh. know we have uh, you know bear in in germany uh pharmaceutical stuff and then you know brazil so you know dot net application you know able to communicate just all over the world is really impressive stuff going on uh so you know that embedded programming coding made me a very performance conscious uh developer uh huh uh, so then allowed me to transition into the core team uh, that was working on the core uh, of this you know million plus line uh, code base. And through that, you know I started getting into a lot of uh, networking stuff and a lot of uh, performance testing. Um, and And also, I got to troubleshoot and fix a lot of bugs uh, in our in our UI code. Mm-hmm. And I really saw the the downside of you know using technologies like Windows Forms and you know how you know you can easily leak memory and all that stuff. So you know as a as a background, I've always known basic HTML and all that stuff, but never had had gotten into any kind of you know serious web development because I knew ASP ASP.NET .NET uh, were out there. I just didn't like it, so mm-hmm. I just stayed away from it. And then Silverlight came around. and uh, there was lots of excitement around this new way of developing applications using uh, the Microsoft's you know Windows pre- uh, Presentation Foundation WPF right. uh, stuff. So I actually created this prototype uh, for a company that was you know made for touchscreens. And really enjoyed that experience. And then on my next job, which was for NOAA, the National Ocean- Oceanic At- Atmospheric Administration, where I was asked to uh, revamp the their diving programs uh, website, so divers can, you know, input their, you know, dive logs and you know check and check out e- e- equipment through it. And I did this using Silverlight Five, uh, I want to say. Wow, and that was an uh, an amazing development experience. Uh, I was the sole developer on it, and it was. I remember, you know, fifty plus views, uh, and you know, I got to use really advanced concepts of, you know, two way binding, you know, observables, dependency injection, all this cool stuff. And when I kind of, you know, got done with it, it it didn't crush under it. Own weight uh, because that's something that happens a lot uh, right. in uh, in in development. It's like yeah. as you're rushing towards the end, you know, you start changing stuff, and then you know, other screens start breaking because there are like yep. some weird dependencies you have introduced along the way. Uh, so I was really able to you know be disciplined and, and do this. And then of course, you know, this was in 2011. Uh, you know, Microsoft pulled the plug on Silverlight, and like this. Two years of learning that I I did, you know, went out the window overnight. At which point I became very uh, kind of disillusioned uh, to to working with a particular company's technologies. Uh, so that's when I you know got into web development in earnest. So this project that I got on uh, with my current company, it was about revamping this pension system uh, that. That uh, was 30 years old. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> and you know, using uh, agile development concepts like Scrum, but this was back in 2012, so there were lots of anxiety around you know mm-hmm. going 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 into it with this you know superbly different way of developing software. And uh, so they wanted us to do a pilot, and we you know they asked us to use ASP.NET MVC. I spent like three months doing that, and then. The, the day that, that application was done, you know, I could look at it and say, oh, my God, you know, this thing is so unmaintainable. You know, this is not the way to to develop software because it was server side rendered templates. So you had your HTML, right? With your HTML, you had uh, C sharp code and then also JavaScript code. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very easy to, you know, code up a page and without realizing, create this scenario where, like your server generates the page, and then you interact with it, and then the JavaScript executes several stuff. And then you know just just doing a simple action, you could be uh, doing three you know round trips uh, back and forth between the server and, and not really realize that you're doing that. so that that really you know leads you down a path of a code base where it's really difficult to maintain it or you know right. or fix, fix bugs. So then, You know, I became convinced, you know, the way forward is, you know, completely separation of concerns, you know, single page applications, just communicating to the back end through RESTful APIs. And, and you know, back in 2012, this was, you know, a a radical idea (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, because, uh, you know, everyone was, you know, clinging to their, you know, uh, you know, proprietary uh, communication there. There's SOAP endpoints, you know, or WCF or, or, or whatever.
0: So, oh, so uh, we actually, picked, I remember SOAP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those,
1: were, those were the dark days. Yes. Um, and, um, and actually like through my civil learning, I, I've always been a big fan of, uh, you know, John Papa, just, you know, following his kind of lead uh, mm-hmm. in terms of that. And then he kind of got into knockout. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's try Knockout. So uh, that didn't go too well because, like, as we were trying to deliver, I think it was like 11.30 p.m. at night, we had like, you know, 10 people working really hard, you know, trying to deliver something. And I found myself deep in, you know, Knockout.js and debugging, you know, the framework code uh, because it just was not working. Right. So that was a bit of a wake up call. Okay, you know, this thing is not ready. So we, you know, went back to the drawing board, looked at some options. Uh, We considered Angular and and Backbone. And at the time in 2012, you know, Backbone was the most, you know, popular solid framework. So we went with that. So over the next five years, we ended up developing more than 250,000 lines of uh, JavaScript code. Uh, So uh, it was a good choice uh, in the, in the sense that, you know, we were able to deliver this massive, you know, 230 plus view system and it, and it worked. (laughs) Uh, But of course, over the years, you know, you could see backbone just, you know, busting at the seams. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, it was too much boilerplate and it was just too difficult to bring people on board and, and, and get things done. So I that's when I started. That. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's when I started getting into uh, Angular uh, with around one Angular one point four was announced. Uh, uh-huh. So like I went to the NgConf uh, in twenty fourteen, and there were there was lots of excitement around like the component router, and there were you know talks of uh, Angular two coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff. Uh, so I really got into it. And even, you know, went back and created this uh, prototype uh, application for Agile teams to run uh, remote uh, retrospectives. Uh, and actually an updated version of it can can be used at uh, retro.excella.com. Uh, that's uh, E-X-C-E-L-L-A. And um, so that was like two weeks uh, of an effort. And... And we used WebSockets uh, with a friend of mine Kevin Grote. It was the best web development experience that I had because it was really easy, really fluid and and you could really uh, it did it, it didn't get in getting your way it just allowed right. you to do whatever you wanted to do so that's uh, when I really you know fell in love with uh angular and then and then I believe that same year I went to noteconf and noteconf. Uh, is a really interesting uh, conference uh, that happens uh, like two hours uh, north of uh, San Francisco. And it's like at a campsite, you know, there's barely any internet connectivity.
2: <laughs>
0: um,
1: and, you know, back in 2014, it was also really kind of early days of Node, you know, it was on the cusp of becoming really popular. So, you know, I was having beers and, you know, just walking up to someone and was like, hey, who are you, you know? Uh, yeah, my name is Isaac Schulster. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, what do you do? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I run, I run this thing called npm. Uh, you're like, yeah, cool, nice, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so from that conference, just interacting with you know all these amazing people that made Node and the entire ecosystem. That's when I really got. Uh, the idea of this this you know minimalist approach uh, to everything, right? Um, and and that's when I also learned about uh, Browserify, which you know allows you to run uh, Node.js type code in the browser, mm-hmm. and and then I kind of made my own way of working with Angular using Browserify with like version one point five, so. Uh, you know, based on that, I, I wrote like a you know series of uh, blog posts and all that stuff, and and uh, executed you know a few a uh, few projects in that stack. Uh, I and I really love that. Uh, and you know, while this is going on, of course, you know, Angular uh, two beta was coming out, mm-hmm. but uh, I was really liking the 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 maturity of of you know, 1, 1. 1.5 uh, at, at that point. So so I made a decision then not to jump on uh, to the Angular 2 train uh, because I really wanted to, you know, keep the goodness going, you know. Right. Uh, but, of course, you know, one of the issues with Angular 1.x X uh or AngularJS uh is that it allowed for these uh snowflake architectures. You know, no two Angular application would would uh, be the same right? Uh, from an architectural perspective. Uh so I kind of last year, you know, wrote my blog posts uh to to you know put everything I have you know about about Angular JS out there. You know, I gave my talk at ngconf and then Angular 4 came out. And I had to deliver this proof of concept application for a client over, over a, a month period. And that's when I really fell in love with <laughs> Angular 4, uh, basically, because it, it was just... So, so that became my uh, you know, new best uh, web development experience.
0: Awesome. So how has your, your approach to Angular changed then from Angular 1 to Angular 2?
1: So that's the interesting part uh, is you know because I've been going to NGconf uh, like every year since 2014 I've been doing a lot of you know listening and learning and and I really fell in love with the with this idea of the component router uh, so I actually have uh, several forks of the component router because you know the team never really released it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but they had some good uh, betas that were functional. Uh, so I've actually published several packages on npm of, of various forks of uh, the the component router. So the way I actually architected my uh, Wanda five apps, they you know very closely resemble how uh, you would uh, build uh, an Angular application today. Uh, you know, of course, the the, the module concept uh, wasn't really there. Right. Uh, but in terms of uh, just using the router to drive everything on your application and and not keeping state uh, within it, so I've made some mistakes in Angular JS, uh, and those were uh, mostly around you know trying to store too many variables in your in your controller, and and also trying to use too much binding and too much uh, logic in the template, uh, which. Uh, creates this situation where it makes it really difficult to make changes to a particular view uh, because you know every time you touch something, there are so many side effects right. uh, that uh, makes it impossible to kind of reason about uh, what you have developed. Uh, but with with angular, you know if you just stick to the RxjS, you know functional programming, and with reactive forms, you know, if you just uh, you know be disciplined about implementing mm-hmm. all your form behaviors in code rather than the template, then you find yourself in this awesome situation where your template is easy to understand, and it's mostly just UI code. Uh, you don't have any business log- logic in there, uh, you know, not many branching, you know, NGFs or or anything like that and most of your code uh is in your controller uh or your component and and you can you know fairly easily reason about them and the fact that it comes you know out of the box with unit a unit testing framework already you know hooked in to it and working uh, that really creates the best possible environment to deliver you know uh, great applications that are also maintainable uh, but you know, of course, this doesn't mean you can't uh, shoot yourself in the foot. You know, right? Uh, but at at least, you know, by default, you know, out of the box, the the platform gives you, a, gives you all the right tools to be successful. So that's what I really love about Angular today.
0: Nice. So, what have you contributed to Angular that you're most proud of, or what have you done in Angular that you're most proud of?
1: I've ah, uh, it's like a moonlighting gig. I was the CTO of this startup uh, called Erndo mm-hmm. and um, I used uh, angularjs 1.5 and and material uh, to you know create a, a progressive web application for it and uh, as we were you know looking at how things were working we really realized you know it's just progressive web applications it was way too early for it uh, this was a couple of years ago um, so we had to pivot and just deliver, you know, mobile applications that were, you know, in the app store. And I was able to take my Angular JS uh, you know, material code and without modifying it, you know, just wrap it up in Cordova and then ship it as a as a mobile app. And and that was pretty amazing because I had to change very little to to actually make that happen. Uh so, you know, that that was a that, that was an experience where I really learned a lot about you know how far I could push angular and and, and material and, and and their benefits but also I uh, care a lot about uh, community the you know open mm-hmm. source uh, uh, world so I have uh, over time published you know numerous uh, npm packages and then created this uh, JavaScript curriculum uh, on on my company's github where really just taking developers from zero you know i i, I barely know how to use a browser
2: mm-hmm. to
1: you know uh, getting to a place where they can actually you know do some coding and, and and be able to uh you know getting get into things like angular or or uh or react um and uh you know part of that uh I found in this meetup tech talk DC we have like now uh 2500 plus members and then mm-hmm. I recently also became the organizer for Angular DC so working with my uh colleagues on that one Alex Hoffman uh where we're bootstrapping it and and uh kind of just revitalize uh the Angular scene in DC because there's been a lot of React uh development that's happening mm-hmm. And and so I, I'm I'm trying to contribute uh, back uh, in the sense that I'm trying to convince people, look, you know, you may you may have been burnt by Angular JS, uh, but you know Angular is a completely different beast, and uh, and it is you know light years ahead of not, all, not only AngularJS, Angular JS, but it also you know I see a lot of on the fly experimentation in the React space. Uh, where you know they're trying to solve problems uh, by throwing more frameworks at, at it, uh, but people don't realize with Angular, you know, most of that stuff comes out of the box. It's really well integrated and it just works. Um, yep. So, so I'm 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 basically trying to contribute by uh, you know evangelizing uh, the 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 goodness of of Angular.
0: Very cool. So, what are you working on now?
1: So. Two projects. Uh, One is for CVis. It's the student exchange visa program. I am uh, kind of uh, advising/slash coaching uh, a team of developers building an Angular application to to revamp the process of uh, school school officials, uh, you know, creating the necessary forms uh, for. Uh, international students uh, to be able to obtain a visa and and come you know do their studies uh, here in the U.S.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know in the federal space there are uh, lots of uh, you know counterintuitive limitations uh, to what you can and can't do uh, as you're as you're developing your software. Uh, so it's it's been a really interesting experience of you know pushing Angular. But also, you know trying to fit into uh, like there's this u uh, uh, s uh, web design standards. Um, oh right. you know, trying to f- uh, trying to fit into that uh, you know world and and you know as as you try to interact with those things, of course, you know if you're coming from uh, an angular material background, you're a little bit spo- spoiled spoiled uh, in terms of uh, creating these uh, awesome looking user experiences. You know, really easily, uh, and then kind of you know taking a step back. Okay, and how do we, how do we you know split the difference here? How how do we you know deliver something that looks like the the US web design standards, uh, but you know that's also something that's easier for developers to to actually write and and, and deliver. Um, so actually, uh, we've been using Ng Prime uh, to to kind of bridge the gap there. Mm-hmm. uh because uh, that is a really rich uh, component library i met the met the developers uh, uh i think last year's ngcomp
0: i've heard a lot uh, of really, good things about it
1: yeah and i was really impressed uh by it that library has come in as, as kind of like the the savior uh because last thing uh, anyone should be doing is is going into a mode where Okay, you know, uh, you know, this uh library looks really cool. Let's pull that in. And then oh, this library has this component that I like. Let's pull that in and mm-hmm. before you know, you have, you know, 10 different libraries in your application and then your, you know, uh the payload that you're delivering, you know, becomes you know really heavy, you know, four four or five, you know, 10 megabytes really easily. And, and that has a real impact on on people, you know across across the country uh, because not everyone has access to uh, high speed internet uh, or not everyone is on you know the latest computers. Um, so uh, you know if we if we're delivering something and then people have to wait you know fifteen seconds for it to load, uh, that really frustrates people. doing that and then also doing. Some mobile applications for Voice of America, uh, that is United States government's, I guess, news outlet uh, mm-hmm. that is tailored to uh, locales around the world uh, to to deliver uh, you know news, uh, local news from an objective uh, perspective. Uh, so we built uh, two. Two apps so far, one for uh, the Chinese uh, Mandarin audiences and one for the Iranian Farsi audiences. And, and our apps have this uh, really cool uh, built-in uh, evasion uh, technology uh, that can connect to uh, a worldwide network of VPNs uh, to kind of uh, skirt around uh, state-sponsored uh, internet blocking. Oh wow! So uh, that's been a that's been a really fun project. Uh, I bet. And, and and we've been able to uh, do all of that development completely open source. Uh, you know, front end and back end, uh, all on GitHub. You know, GitHub.com slash Voice of America. Uh, we even created a Cordova plugin for this uh, evasion tech that we're using. Uh, you know, that took a lot of effort, and that's you know. So anyone can, you know, using NPM, you know, pull that technology into their applications, uh, which is really exciting. But, uh, and we used, uh, Cordova and, and React, uh, on that one, uh, mostly because my, my team was really excited about using React. So uh-huh. as the, as the tech lead, I have to, uh, put my preferences aside sometimes, and, and allow, uh, you know, uh, people to follow their own passions. Yep. Uh, So, But yeah, uh, we just published those apps uh, on the uh, Google Play and and iTunes or the Apple App Store uh, very recently. So uh, very proud of that.
0: Very cool. All right. Well, the last section of the show is picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about? For you, the listeners of my Angular story, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at lootcrate.com. Just enter the promo code Bridge10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail. Costs less than $20. And it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf. Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office... Uh, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc. then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings.
1: Yeah, so I'd like to mention that my... uh, Angular 6 for enterprise ready web applications book is going to be coming out through packed publishing uh, very soon. And uh, in that book, I really cover the entire gamut of web development, all the way from design to, to deployment. And, you know, not just going through a lot of the, the basics of, of Angular, Angular material, the, the CLI tools, uh, and all these things, but also, you know, how uh, you should be doing debugging, you know, uh, how you can use Docker to to really uh, make it easy to to deploy your application. Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of the intricacies of, like, I want to push something really quickly out on the internet, uh, which I use uh, Zite now, nice. my service, uh, which is an amazing service. And by pushing it further, you know, if you really want something professional, you know being able to set up a, a, a fargate uh, cluster on aws and really deliver a world class enterprise ready uh, system with high availability so you know even if one of amazon's data center burns down uh, which has happened once or twice okay. uh, your yes. your, uh, your application is still you know available and running and you know it doesn't come down uh, so uh you know, I highly recommend, you know, developers of, of all walks of life, you know, like whether you consider yourself a, a web developer, a full stack developer, uh, to really be aware of all these, you know, different things surrounding what you're doing. Uh, because it's not just about, you know, creating a, an application, it, it's really, you know, delivering it uh, to the end user and, and how you do that uh, makes a huge uh, difference. Uh, to the end user
0: yep absolutely
1: um, that's one and and uh, for any updates uh, regarding that uh, you know i will be updating my website the javascriptpromise.com you could follow uh, follow there another uh, shout out will be westworld Uh, season two is coming (laughs) on april 22nd Uh, i'm really really excited about that i love that show I recently uh, rewatched season one, which was an amazing experience uh, because uh, get a whole different reading on 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 how the the plot uh, progresses and how the characters, uh, you know, really actually know what they're doing, uh, mm-hmm. all that all that stuff. So really uh, looking forward to that. Um, and then, and then finally, uh, I'm uh, going on this uh, crazy uh, conference tour. You know, I'll be there at NG of course. Awesome. Uh, not, not, not speaking this year, but right after that, I have this uh, talk about uh, ship it or it never happened, uh, and I'll be giving that in uh, Deliver Agile Conference in Austin, Texas, and then uh, Agile XP uh, International in Portugal, and then also Agile Portugal uh, in Portugal. And then uh, I'm really excited uh, that my router-first architecture talk was accepted into Angular Mix uh, in Orlando uh, uh, happening uh, this upcoming October. So uh, really looking forward to uh, the next next few months, I guess.
0: Very cool. Um, I'm going to jump in here with a couple of picks as well. So there's a company out there called Brebug. We recently had Jesse Sanders on as a guest on um, Adventures in Angular. And, uh, they flew Dan Walleen and I out to give talks at the Rocky Mountain, um, Angular meetup. And so if you're interested in that talk, my talk was focused more on automation and operations than it really was on Angular. Um, and Dan's talk was about Docker, but it was a, it was a ton of fun. And so I, A, want to shout out about Brebug, uh, B, want to shout out about the, the talks and the, the event and just kind of publicly thank them for that. Um, I'm also going to be at ng-conf. I'm going to be interviewing the speakers. So, you know, we're just going to be talking about their uh, ng-conf experience and what their talks are about. So keep an eye out for that. Those will be on YouTube, uh, just like the ng-atlanta interviews are. And I think there are like 20 of those. So anyway, if you're interested in, you know, kind of the ng-conf experience and you can't make it, then check those out as well all right uh dohan if people want to see what you're working on now or follow you say on twitter or github maybe have a blog where you post stuff where do they go
1: the JavaScriptPromise.com, and at twitter i'm at deluca d-u-l-u-c-a
0: awesome all right well we'll go ahead and wrap this up and we will catch everybody next week bandwidth for this segment is provided by cashfly the world's fastest cdn